Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted Season 4, Episode Number 5. This is the podcast for every person looking for practical advice in drafting and managing your fantasy football team. And this wonderful podcast is hosted by a dynamic duo of regular dudes, myself, J-Mac, and I'm joined by my partner, Alex K. Alex K. All right, Alex, we're about to break camp. We are drafts are in the books. A lot of exciting things to talk about. Looking forward now to the season getting started. So let's get right to it. And I want to get into our fantasy talk question. Did you have any buyer's remorse from your drafts? Um, yeah, I had one person that I kind of afterwards thought uh, I shouldn't have picked him. Do you generally get buyer's remorse after the drafts? Do you feel like ah, I felt like I could have done a little better or I should have switched my strategy here or this guy kind of threw me off, that kind of thing? Do you get that often? Generally, I go home, I print off my roster, I put it on the board, and I pleasure myself to it. All right. You know what? I am not surprised at that at all, Alex. That is the uh, unwavering confidence that we have come to know you by, is that everything that you do in fantasy football is the only (laughs) way way to do something in fantasy football. So, all right. I am not surprised by it. You know, I always get a little buyer's remorse. I just think I could have done this move or maybe I picked this guy too soon. Those kind of things. But I think we all get that except for you, except for you. So except for me, except for you. So, all right. Well, with that said, we are going to scrap most of the regular talk for today. And we're just going to get into draft recaps and and season outlooks from here on out. Uh, Before we do that, we just kind of want to get into. Uh, an outlook of like how we're going to run the rest of the season now that we've kind of gone through all of our draft prep. Uh, from here on out, we're going to be mostly looking through the eyes of the league that Alex and I are in together. Alex K and J Mac are in together. Uh, and that'll be the mostly how we're going to look at this. We'll talk about how we're doing in that league and what waiver wire pickups are available and what strategies we want to take. And with the other leagues we're in, we'll kind of give you highlights and other points of context where we think it's important or we're seeing some interesting some interesting trends or transactions or available players or matchups or sit-start sit start debates that we want to talk about. So with that said, let's get into our draft recap, Alex. Um, I first want to know, we're moving to a 12-team league from a 10 team. How did you feel that went and how do you think it affected the draft? Uh, the only way it affected me was the fact that I had the number nine spot. And normally that would be a really good spot to be in. Cause that's like right before the tail. Um, and so this time I had three more picks until the end of the tail. And so it, it was a little troublesome uh, to be so far away uh, from my next pick. I didn't love that. Yeah, I remember. So what pick did you have overall? I had the ninth pick overall. And you were not happy about that. And you had a choice between the ninth or the tenth pick. And you were just, that was Sophie's choice for you. You know, it was the, it was the second to last pick. Who cares? Just, you know, I probably should have gone ten because it would have been closer to uh, the tail. But I really made a joke out of it. I just, I know how much our commissioner hates it when you, like, just waste time. And so every single year I get under his skin by just using the appropriate amount of allotted time that I'm given, even though everybody knows I'm ready to go. All right. Well, that's great. Well, that's actually brings up a great point, And I didn't think about this yet. Was there any strategies that you still employed to try to throw people off? And do you feel like, they yes, worked? I had two strategies. One was for Jake as I took my time when it came. That's to our commissioner, questions. by the way. Yes. Uh, but the other strategy, oh man, the psychological warfare that I am always known for. I had my two kids playing right next to the microphone for most of the afternoon. So as, as much as it was annoying for me, I already had my picks next to me to know that people like were sitting there listening to my children 
just running amok was just that was gratifying to me. Okay, so you're the guy in the big Zoom room, you know, business meetings who has a whole lot of kids running in the background and everybody's like, can you please mute your microphone? We didn't have any of that, though, here. Not here. Not here. Not once did I. Nope. I did not mute it. I purposely even even Chris was here and his was on. So it might have actually echoed throughout the Zoom. Oh, I didn't know you two were uh, drafting uh, side by side. Good for you. Yep. I hope you were socially distanced, safe apart, though. We and social distanced the whole time. We actually didn't talk about picks like we normally do. So I had the third pick overall. Uh, and one of the ways we did this, we had a WWE Battle Royale simulation. So Which got- I, I do love that idea. It's a nice random way uh, to kind of mix it up since we couldn't play our normal cornhole. Agreed. Agreed. So it was just a fun easy way to do it and nobody could really complain because it was the computer who was doing all that so anyway i had the second choice we do it by we play a game you get a choice whoever gets you know first second third choice so forth you then get to choose what draft pick you actually want to take so i ended up taking the third pick uh, out of strategy i could have taken the number two uh, but i chose three because i felt like i got the comeback one extra pick sooner and i still only had four picks in between the uh, snake back so that's why i went with that you know i saw that and i felt like with the person that you were eyeing you probably could have taken the fourth or fifth spot yeah but that's only for one pick then and then there's further distance between me and the comeback on the snake around and okay. that's why i okay. stuck with the third pick and i know i definitely probably could have grabbed him at four and I thought about it, but yeah, I, he still would have been there at four. I put a lot of thought of this Saturday morning before I draft. I was like, what am I going to pick if I get an early choice? And I decided on three and that's what I went with. And I'm very happy. I went with it and I felt like, okay, and we'll get into, let's get, we'll get into that. So anyway, so would you like to talk about the first round of our, yeah, let's draft? do it. So, um, our newcomer got the first overall pick, which, you know, which means Christian McCaffrey is going to get hurt this year because that's the way our league CMC, works. CMC, number one. Um, but he was the number one pick. I would have taken him, too. Uh, speaking of number two, Saquon Barkley went. Again, I thought that was a, a good choice. Uh, third was our man right here, J-Mac. Went with Michael Thomas, everybody. He went with the first wide receiver off the board at the third. And that's why I said he probably could have taken the fourth or fifth pick because he Michael Thomas still would have been there because at number four went Derrick Henry. Uh, I know the experts are wishy-washy on whether or not they think he's been overused in the past and just doesn't really have the pass catching ability to be the number four pick so that was questionable for some people but i agree with it then went zeke at number five then uh dalvin cook at number six all you know make sense picks if you if you ask me they're all right there then alvin kamara number seven and i think that one's Probably the last running back on the board as far as before you go to maybe Hopkins or uh, Devontae Adams or Godwin, in my opinion. But that's not what happened in our league. We went with the rookie, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilar, which that's a a reach for me, but that's where the ADP was for him. Mm -hmm, For sure. Um, And then number nine was my pick, and I had a real uh, issue here. I was either Austin Eckler... Uh, Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs and I'm an Alabama fan Josh Jacobs is going to get a lot of uh, touches this year but I just remember listening to the podcast the week before and just the hype train on Miles Sanders and I usually go wide receiver here or some sort of curveball but I just I remember Somebody telling me Miles Sanders was finally going to get his opportunity, and and I was willing to take him up on it. So I chose him of the three. I got to be honest. I was shocked when I saw him go here. Uh, That was a bold, bold move, I think. But I I think think he's like 
I think he's 19 overall, so maybe I could have grabbed him on the way back around and gotten uh, Josh Jacobs and gotten Miles Sanders, but I generally don't do back-to-back running backs. I like to get the number one uh, in each of like the top three positions. Yeah, I know, and that's what we talked about. You don't want to kind of dilute it. You want to try to go for the best available to the close to the top for any given position at that point. So I think it's a great move. I honestly feel more safe about him than Clyde Edwards Hilaire or Austin Eckler out of, out of next running back up. I think he is the apps, the choice that goes right there as, as sure. I just, I, it was a reach. That was my reach. Uh, it's the first round. There's a lot of guys still out there, but look at your first round pick last year. So really it doesn't matter because Correct. you could have went with the most number one consensus at that spot, and that could have blown up in your face just like it did last year. It did for me as well. Agree. So the number 10 is Eckler, which was the guy that I was eyeing, but I honestly don't feel like he's a number one running back by himself. Um, so that's why I passed on him. Uh, injury-prone Tyreek Hill, Mr. Boomer Bust himself. And then, you know, number 12 is Devontae Adams, which you know, that's a great place for Devontae to be, in my opinion. Uh, I think if you're at 12, I think it's safer to pick Devontae there. I'm not huge on him, but the upside is there. And if you get him at 12, that's good. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of surprised James didn't take Julio Jones there, uh, to be honest, because he's also a Julio or Godwin for that matter. Godwin was higher on my list. Yeah, I agree uh, that we talked about that a lot. And we both bumped both of those guys into our top five. And I think we pushed Devontae Adams down a bit. Um yeah, so we'll see how that turns out. But it was it was a somewhat traditional first round, but also a few picks in there pushing it. But I feel like the it was you're picking for upside though. I think that was the Devontae Adams pick. I think that was your pick. It was an upside pick rather than being what the consensus is at any given spot. Well, what's really weird now that I'm looking at it is uh, Michael Thomas went off the board as you took him, but nobody really panicked on wide receivers. They all yeah. kind of stuck to their own strategy of running back, running back, running back. And then Kyle was the first one at 11 that went to with Tyreek Hill as the number two mm-hmm. uh, wide receiver overall. And I definitely don't agree with that. All right. So that was our first round. Um, some other notables in the second round that went were Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Hopkins went at the 15th spot, which I was a little surprised at. Same thing. Uh, and Travis Kelsey didn't go to all the way down till the second to last pick of the second round, which again was a surprise since he went, I think I picked him the, on the snake back last year at like the second overall pick in the second round. The 14th overall pick was actually Patrick Mahomes instead of Lamar Jackson, which I think is also an oddity. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, that's our one guy. He loves his QBs early. So, and we'll get to Lamar Jackson in a little bit. So outside of that, Alex, I want to just get actually into your and I top five picks just to give a better, uh, you know, feel for how our strategies went after we had all this discussion. So do you want to start off? Sure. I can go right down my top five right Let's now. I went, I went Miles Sanders. And then, like I said, that's number one running back for me. I filled that position. And I had Godwin eyed from the beginning. If I wasn't getting Thomas, I wanted Godwin. So Hopkins had just gone off the board right before, which also that's that's also he's one of the most reliable wide receivers in the game. So of course mm-hmm. I've got to take him. But I was super happy with Godwin. Tom Brady's you know number one slot receiver. We know what he did with Edelman, and uh, Godwin was doing it with Jameis Winston, who needs glasses. Yep. So then number three, Todd Gurley, my boy Todd Gurley. Everyone's got doubts about him, but he's in a, an offense now that's high flying and. You were- 
were big on him in our you know run up to the draft, you were still thinking yep. that he's got a lot left in the tank. But third round, yeah, for a, again number one running back. I mean, maybe you call him borderline number one, number two, but uh, in the third round, and then my fourth pick was Allen Robinson, another one. Uh, a number one ride wide receiver, but again, I know Trubisky's not the best quarterback in the in the world, but they're gonna be behind. But I, I had him uh, before with Trubisky, and he still scores a ton of points because he is the number one wide out on that team by far, and that's all they can do is throw. Yeah, and they got rid of Jordan Howard. I mean, they've their their offense is completely different. And they're talking about, you know, he actually won the starting job, Trubisky. So there's talk that he's showing more confidence this year. And this could be a back, a bounce back year after a sophomore slump. So there's still a lot of upside there. So, yeah, for the first four picks, I've got two number one wide receivers, two number one running backs. What's next? You tell me. What's next? What do I need to fill? Tight end. Tight end. So I said, who's left? I was really high on Waller. Um, I'm not high on Ertz. So I was kind of waiting for somebody to take Ertz. So... Because uh, I knew no one was going to reach for Waller. So then I, I take off Waller off the board, and he's going to be a solid 10 points, you know, almost on a, any given day. Um, so that's nice. Yeah, I like it. You're, I mean, you're getting top five picks in your top five rounds uh, all, straight across the board. Yep. So you have a top five in every position of your skill positions outside of quarterback right now going into yep. round five. So very well done. I Honestly, your my two favorite picks you have are your wide receivers, though, Robinson and Godwin. That's such a dynamic duo right there for you. In addition to that, you have a very solid running back stable that you're... It gets better. We're not, we haven't even talked about two more running backs that I have uh, or... The uh, the mystery wide receiver that I picked up in a late a late round that was a huge value. All right, well we'll get to that in a little bit. So uh, going, I, I like your your top five rounds. Like you really did just hit th- really solid pick. You obviously went in a good strategy and you were able to execute on it as well. My top five, I went. Number one, like we spoke about, the third pick, I went with Michael Thomas. I just wanted to go with what is considered the number one wide receiver. It's a great pick. No, I mean, uh, absolutely. If you can't get Godwin, or I mean, absolutely get Thomas and then get Godwin. But yeah, Thomas. I went with Lamar Jackson in the second round, late in the second round to 22 overall. And we talked about that. He's going to have a ton of rushing yards. So he is far, far ahead of everybody else in the quarterback points. Uh huh. And then in the third round, which honestly was probably one of my most shocking picks that was still available, was George Kittle. Amazing, amazing. Because I was huge on Kittle was my number one over Kelsey. And I was seeing a lot of articles discussing that, saying they think this is the year Kittle jumps above Kelsey, and like there's just that shift for the next few years where Kittle. Could there's be just top. A, there's a drop off for Kelsey this year. I agree. Uh, number four, I got AJ Brown. I got another wide receiver, uh, top number one overall receiver for a team that's on a. He scored a lot. He scored the third most touchdowns with nine touchdowns. AJ Brown was probably the reason you beat me last year in the uh, the playoffs. He had a. He was a he was a late waiver wire pickup. He for was. Me, he just know, blew up and just carried me through he had the a playoffs. Great game. There. He sure did. Uh, and now number five. This is probably the most uh, questionable one of them all, and it's it was more out of situation, but. Then I picked up Ronald Jones as my number, my first running back off the board in, in round five. Why? Let's talk about that because, like, you don't have a running back. You obviously need a running back. You have two. Uh, you have one number one wide receiver, the number one quarterback, in my opinion, the number one tight end, and uh, you've got a very, very good uh, wide receiver in AJ Brown. I, I don't know if he's a number one yet. He definitely has the potential 
to yeah, be he's this clearly year. a W2. Absolutely. Oh, 100, 100%. So then explain to me Ronald Jones Jr. knowing that Fournette has now been signed by Tampa Bay. A couple things factored into it. First off, so I didn't have a running back at all. So I needed to draft a running back in the fifth round. I had to grab him because almost every starting running back was going to be off the board at that point. They did just sign Fournette, but he has a vote of confidence from the coach, which I'm not saying means everything in the world, but at least he got it and said that he's still their guy. He's been showing very well in camp. Uh, also, I kind of had a strategy where I was going to try to aim for certain running backs, maybe a little later that were injured and would have dropped. So I was figuring, well, let me just grab somebody who at least week one is going to be the starting running back. Leonard Fournette's not coming in there with Correct. a week, of, a week sure. of like no camp and going to be the starting running back. He hasn't learned the playbook, anything like that. Plus, you just don't know how he's going to fit into the team. So there's still upside to having Ronald Jones Jr. Is it a reach at this point? Probably. But for the first few weeks, I at least need a starting running back. Antonio Gibson was still on the board. He was, he was, but he wasn't as much on my radar and I didn't really see him till later. A lot of people think okay. that, that he was going way, he got picked way higher than his after average draft uh, ranking as well. Like by like six rounds, like the fifth round was not where they were seeing. You're not wrong. There's not a ton of running backs left at this point. A lot of people did their due diligence and grabbed uh, the running backs. Kareem well, Hunt's another one that was still out there. Philip Lindsay's another one you probably. Well, could. that's the thing is that a lot of them were now in these kind of handcuffed situations where it was a lot more murky backfield with Kareem Hunt and. Uh, Nick oh, Chubb I agree. I stayed away from Hunt. I also, the Detroit running back situation. That's is, a horrible situation. And it was like I was looking at Karen Johnson just to go again for the first few weeks. But yeah, just but even then they've still got three or four guys. I mean, it just it's not. And then they got AP. They just brought in Peterson. Anyway, so that's why it was tough. The other hard part was literally the pick before me, Raheem Mostert from the San Francisco went. And that was going to be my pick. Uh, in this round and he literally went to pick before me even though the guy ahead of me already had two running backs yeah he got cam acres uh which was also a good running back i want yeah so there was little there to actually go with and i just figured right now let me just jump on somebody who i can start week one and maybe week two and then figure it out from there so i'm going to pretty much be trying to stream a running back or figure this out as I go. Yeah, you're you're gonna do what you always do. You're gonna overspend one week on the running back that nobody else can afford. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that, you know that's how you got to roll. You got to play the game. Got to play the game. Anyway, so that was the whole all my logic behind grabbing Ronald Jones in the fifth fifth round at that pick. So I'm, it, but look, this is kind of the balance in my draft strategy where I went top heavy and just went for the absolute marquee players I could get in the first four rounds at their position, especially because I pretty much just looking at going into it. I have the number one wide receiver, the number one quarterback and the number one tight end. Yeah. It's, it's balancing that out now. Now I am very, have a big hole at running back, but as long as I can get marginally by with running back and getting, you know, six to 10 points a week uh, per running back, I can manage that with the other points that I'm hoping to get from my top okay. guys. So that's, that's the logic there. It'll be an all uh, situation. I will continue to work. You're going to need a running back at some point. I got some running backs later on, but again, there are guys coming back later or coming back from injury or kind of like second year guys or murky backfield. So we just don't know. So we'll, again, it's a lot of wait and see, but that's why if right now I just need a guy who I can plug in there and get me through the first one, two or three weeks. Honestly, you should probably try to sell one of these top one and a half wide receivers for a running back. 
Yeah, well, that's the other strategy too, and I have considered that already of like exploring trades because that was part of it. I just started to load up more on wide receivers and just max it out, and then maybe I have the flexibility. Because you could probably trade AJ Brown for Moister. Yeah, I don't know if I would do that honestly. I'm just, I'm not. That was just an example. Yeah, I'm but I'm, I'm thinking maybe I could do a Tyler Board for J.K. Dobbins kind of thing with James, maybe because that was the other guy I was eyeing up. That I from. Everything I yeah. read, I feel it like it would have been too been... early in the fifth round to pick Dobbins. Yeah, that was the, but then I ended up not getting him because then James snaked him from. He got him in the eighth round. Two rounds later, uh, so it was hard. It, it was one of those things, and this was a semi-panic move. And this is this happens to me usually around the fifth, sixth pick that I kind of get, you know. Yeah, you check out. Strain my strategy a bit, but then I kind of bounce back. Anyway, right. your your strategy is definitely like the beginning game, and then you just start going for backups and handcuffs. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it went. And honestly, though, my first four picks, I'm absolutely thrilled with, especially the top three. Like, I couldn't have asked for my strategy to go better at, and it's exactly what I was hoping for the number three pick, was to have that snake back to get those guys. Because Lamar Jackson probably went picks too early, but there's the only way I was going to get them. And the fact that Kittle was there honestly shocked me. Just shocked me. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have, should have gotten him, but I don't think I could have. I wanted a running back and uh, a wide receiver. I don't think, but at your the way you're much more balanced though than I am because your other your running back and your wide receivers are so stable. You're and you still got a top five, top six tight end. Tight end, I got a top five tight end, um, and I also had Goddard in my back pocket as like a round eight. If all if Waller had gone, I would have picked up Goddard probably in like the seventh or sixth round. Yeah, and so I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I went a little tight end heavy. I got a little tight end happy as well. How many tight on. ends do you have? You have more than one tight end? I have, uh, I have one, two, three. I have three tight ends, I think. Three tight, tight ends is too many. But. Don't worry. I'm already moving one, so it'll be okay. I don't have a kicker, so. <laughs> yeah, I did that in my other league. I didn't draft a kicker or a defense because I was so – uh, I just kept picking up people. I just kept picking up running backs and, and wide receivers. Yeah, well, that's what seemed to happen in our league is that people just kept picking up running backs and didn't really care in the beginning and then worried about filling out the rest of the roster. So I think there's going to be moves to be made because of the same situation that I did on the inverse with wide receiver. Okay, so anyway, let's move on. So generally overall, how are you? Are you happy with these picks? Do you wish you went in a different direction? I mean, after the top five, how did you feel? You know, my top th- 11 are solid um, because let's I'm just going to say the rest six was DJ Chark Jr. Great value for a, I'm, a, I'm very jealous of that pick a number one wide receiver Leonard Fournette I'm not going to use him yet but he has potential to either be trade bait for someone uh, even better or you know Tom Brady's number one running back so we'll see I thought uh, over at the 81th 81st overall pick what a value um, and then I still didn't have a Quarterback at this point, and like we had talked about last week, Josh Allen had the number two points as a quarterback, uh, which I thought nobody had talked about throughout the year, how solid of a quarterback he was. Yeah. Is he now your number one quarterback? He's now my number one quarterback. Do you have um, a backup quarterback? I do, and he was in the that 11. So then it went Brita, uh, Miami, who named Ryan Fitzmagic. So, yeah, and so that's a great uh, increase in Breida's value in his stock. And then just sitting there, oh, my gosh, it's the 10th round. I, am I, I don't even think I should say who this is yet. I don't, I don't even, I'm, I'm going to wait till later. I'm not even going to tell you who the 10th person is. But then 11, I got Wentz. 
So as my backup quarterback, I have a number one quarterback. Yeah. You see, this is the one aspect of my strategy that I didn't is one of the regrets is not craft grabbing a quarterback in one of those mid early yes. mid rounds because I could have gotten a top tier quarterback again and should have did the strategy you did and grabbed another one of those guys. Russell Wilson was available. I probably could have grabbed him. And then both it's twofold of taking him away from somebody else. In addition to also giving me backup coverage over Lamar Jackson, who, you know, he's a running guy. So I, I don't have security there. So that is another issue. I don't I think you need that. security with him. I think you're good with Lamar. Yeah. So just injury wise, that's what I'm talking about. So, but if he gets injured, you're going to have enough time to pick up another quarterback, and there oh, are plenty yeah. of them. I I don't know about that. Not in a 12-team league. But it's not the worst case, but I wish I could have because then some of the other guys, it still would have been more value to have Russell Wilson, if anything, for trade bait. Maybe I could have traded him for a running back, something like that. So that was, again, I had that thought in my mind from what you did last year, and I didn't pull the trigger on it, and I do wish I did that now. I think for the most part, our league – does a really does a really good job of uh, kind of sticking to the script. I think uh, one of the names that I hadn't really heard yet uh, was very shocking was Lavis Lavisca Chenault Jr., uh, a wide receiver for Jacksonville. So he was kind of like a pinged on my radar. And did you grab him? No, Tyler did. Yeah, it's tough. The Jacksonville team is super tough to really draft anybody. I know there's the t- you know a lot of people were scrambling maybe later rounds to grab their running backs because it's all up in the air, but it's just a crapshoot down there. Jacksonville is pretty much just tanking it. So outside of having Shark uh, Jr. on your team, everything is just a mystery. I grabbed D.D. Westbrook at the very last pick, but even that he's probably going to go because it's just not an impact guy. Um, so what pick are you most excited about? <laughs> what pick am I excited about? I'm I'm really excited to watch Todd Gurley in Atlanta. I'm a Falcons fan by like birth, uh, and so like so there's and, a little bit of a Homer. homer oh, for picking. sure. My wife went to UGA, so he went to Georgia. Then we went to the Rams. He actually helped win me a fantasy football championship once upon a time uh, when I got to draft him. I think I drafted him in the third round then too. Uh, to be honest, that year. I, I still, my Kittle pick to me is the one I'm most excited about just because of where I got him and the fact that I got a, a number one, uh, my top three picks are the number one at each position. So it's just exciting to have that. And the fact that I got that, I'm, which I'm shocked about. So for sure, very excited to have that one. Uh, which pick did you like the least? I'd say Robbie Anderson was a pretty bad pick. Like I, I thought people would be more uh, sad that Robbie Anderson was off the board because I remember him doing really well. I, I just for some reason I feel like he was always a solid flex, but uh, I don't know. Is he still on the Jets? Or is that where he's coming from? No, he's on Carolina now. So oh, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if Christian McCaffrey's not getting the ball, and then they have another one, they have another wide receiver as well. Yeah, it's strange. The Carolina wide receiver core is difficult right now because I think Teddy Bridgewater is supposedly looking good. And I, and he, I definitely has the talent. He showed it in Minnesota, or um, he showed it in New Orleans. But it's still a wait to see kind of situation down there for any of those wide receivers. Uh, the pick that I like the least is I'm going to just kind of kind of bunch them in together. Was my two tight ends? Uh, I picked Dallas Dallas Goddard in the ninth round, and then I picked up Blake Jarwin of the Cowboys in the eleventh. And I was just going for upside here, but I almost feel like I maybe could have picked Goddard out maybe a round or two later and then maybe grab some other tight end. You picked up Goddard at least two rounds too early. 
Yeah, it was one of those things because certain other players I was eyeing up sometimes went off a little earlier, so then I just kind of rolled but with no, it. But nobody else but me was eyeing up Goddard, and I already had exactly. Waller. Yeah, and I already have Kittle. It was just one of those things where I've been talking him up so much, I think I got on my own head about the hype I was giving him, and he's not as valued as I was making him. He still can have that upside, but it's just the idea of the value. Maybe I could have gotten another higher prospect for like a wide receiver again or something he's, like that. He's waiver wire fodder. You know, like he's he's good enough to be on your bench for now, but like if you're in a league where he didn't get picked up, you probably still don't even have to grab him yet. You know, like he his value is later. You're totally right. You're totally, totally right. And I just, I got on my own hype machine inside my head and wanted them. You know, this is where those parts of the rounds that I do struggle. I always have these kind of dips, these valleys after a strong, you know, first four rounds. It's, it's tough when we're not in person and we're not all just kind of sharing that information that we normally do and having James go like, hey, hey, look at this guy. This guy's still here. Exactly. And having that little extra time, it felt like we were more on a time crunch this time too with the virtual nature of it. And we didn't have that lackadaisical, just walk on up and kind of look at the sheets and like, you could pretend you can't find the sheet you're looking for, even though you don't actually know who you're picking yet kind of thing. We were relatively sober too. Yeah. Yeah. So there was definitely a lot of that going on. So I felt the pressure a little bit more. And I think I was making some hair trigger uh, decisions too soon. What is your strength then going into the season? What is what is the best position overall that you think you have? Yeah, I, this this is the first year I felt like I went real running back heavy. I'm usually just like you. I'm wide receivers. I'm 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 actually kicker sometime. Like not this year. Normally I'm I want the number one kicker. I'm not going to tell anybody when I'm going to get him. And then. Uh, our one wild card always snakes them in like the fourth round or something stupid uh, and, and switches that up on me where I'm like, well, he was the only kicker I wanted. So who cares? You know, your your discussion of the kicker just totally just zoned me out of kickers. I was like, I'm not going to go after one of the top two and I'm just going to roll with one that I pick up later on. And that's what I'm I think it's a good a strategy. Thousand, you were a thousand percent right after we went through that, though. And so I'm glad I brought it up and made a thing like, oh, let's talk about it. You were so angry about it. But after the top one, two, possibly three, the drop Agreed. off and the distance between like the next 10 to eight. It didn't make 10 any to sense. 12, it's such so negligible over a 16 game season. 100%. So like that was that was kind of eye opening for both of us because I'd always been kind of. Uh, that guy that had taken the one or the two and hadn't really looked at any other uh, kickers after that and had never had to kind of look at the numbers. And when we did, I was just like, there's no point. Like I'm wasting, I'm wasting beautiful value in picking up golden Tate in the 11th round. Yeah. All right. So let's move this along a little bit. I just want to get to a few more. What was your most surprise that you got outside of the top five? Um, I definitely thought AJ green. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so everyone listening at home, if you haven't listened for the last four years, uh, I have pooped on A.J. Green as a fantasy number, not as a player. It almost felt like a personal vendetta, though, against his fantasy skill. (laughs) You would have thought he had sex with my girlfriend the way that I vehemently did not like this guy. Um, and, And it's just because he always goes through some point in the season where he gets injured and he wants to be a tough guy, so like the reports never really tell you when he's coming back. And then like he starts the game and scores three touchdowns and 180 yards, and, and it definitely does feel like a an interesting vendetta. But at the tenth round, 
112th overall. He was sitting there. And we're still talking about a number one wide receiver. I I know. And if he stays healthy, I mean, you're going to get points. And if he doesn't, who cares? He was a 10th round pick. He that, was a 10th round. Who did you draft? Who did you draft in the 10th round? Let's look at everyone's 10th round. I was Pittsburgh defense. So you drafted a defense in the in, – oh, gosh. You took – I mean, it's a good defense, but – Okay. So See, that was one of those moves where it was like, I don't know who to take now. It was getting to the point where everything was like so deep draft that you had sure. to, that I was just like, you know what? Again, let me just go for one of the top things. I don't know who I want to pick right here. So I was just moving into the mode of just go to back to a default, which is if there's still a top of the line player so, available. So yeah, let me read off the round 10 that we had that was not AJ Green. So essentially... Uh, the people that I would have also wanted was Jerry Judy, who had just gone off the board. Um, Zay mm-hmm. Jones as a wide receiver, which, again, that's a horrible pick in the 10th round. Uh, Zach Moss, I actually like that pick. Uh, if you're, you know, it's 10th round. Again, this is the 10th round. So, Zach Moss, those are the three people that went off the board. Now, these are all the other people I could have picked. Uh, Chris, Hinder- Herndon, Chris Herndon, uh, the tight end for the Jets. Noah Fant, tight end for the uh, Denver Broncos. Hooper, tight end for Cleveland. Jacecki, tight end for Miami. John Brown, Buffalo wide receiver. Pittsburgh D. Uh, Smith, the tight end for Tennessee. And then James White, uh, Belichick running back. So, like, A.J. Green. Like, you tell me, of a list of those, like, nine people, how do you not pick A.J. Green? Well, also, I just want to look at the ninth round that went right before when you picked him. We're looking at C.D. Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Dallas Goddard, Marlon Mack, Carlos Hyde, Sonny Michelle, Tariq Cohen, Curry Johnson, Matt Breda, Emmanuel Samuels, Mike Williams, and Rob Gronkowski. Right. I mean, he still should have been picked in the ninth round. I, I flubbed on that one. I mean, crap. Like I said, I should have picked somebody. I should have just waved Dallas Goddard out, and I could have picked up AJ uh, AJ Green in the ninth round. That's true. Had you not been so high on Goddard, you probably would have picked up AJ. Yeah. So anyway, that's. I, I mean, it, it was really funny just because you had to pick him. You didn't have a choice once you realized that he was still around. I. You texted me. Oh man, I didn't see it until after the draft, like the timestamp on it. So when you were on Zoom and you're like, I, you know what you have to. You know what you have to do, right? And I was like, I honestly didn't. And I looked down at my like big board, and there's like 30 people in between uh, the people I've crossed off and AJ Green still at the top of that list. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I absolutely know exactly what you mean. And you're like, you have to pick him. I'm like, I, I do. And like, it I was saw a the moment. struggle though. The struggle was real for you. I almost so didn't. Fun. I just had to for the value. All right. Well, that's great. Um, my surprise pick outside of top five was Tyler Boyd. I got him in the seventh round. So I thought that was a really good value pick also from Cincinnati because he's not hurt. The quarterback there, I think there's been having a pretty good connection through camp. So I'm pretty happy with the Tyler Boyd pick. Again, just more depth at my wide receiver, wide receiver position. So I, I just wanted to wrap this up here uh, with two things. I value pick, obviously, for you is A.J. Green. Um I picked Daryl Henderson up, the running back from the Rams, uh, in the later rounds. I was just curious, what is your outlook on him? I'm actually not that high on Henderson. They've got two Cam other Akers. people. Cam Akers is a – I'm on the Cam Akers hype train. And then okay. don't they still have Malcolm Brown there? They might, but uh, Henderson did a lot towards the end of the season last year. But, again, he came in – he's coming in hurt, so he's not even going to – Sure, 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 sure. I don't, ex- I don't expect Brown – 
to like take over the job or anything. I'm just saying, you know, there's going to be some third downs taken, running back by committee. Well, that's where Daryl Henderson actually could come in is that he could siphon off touchdowns and goal lines. So that is the upside with him. Uh, so we'll see. So he's, again, one of those stretch picks for me at running back just because I'm thin that I'm taking a chance. Yeah. Can you risk that as like a number two running back, though? No, no, no. I have Jordan Howard as my number two for the time being. For now. Oh, for now. Yeah, sure. For now. So, again, streaming. So, all right. So I want to wrap this section up and just say, like, will you be active on the waiver wires before the season starts? But, <laughs> oh, wait, I don't actually need to ask you this question because the answer is yes, absolutely. I've already been on the way. What is can we get a time machine to two days ago? Sure. Yes. Yes, he has. So <laughs> our dumbass league has a rule that the waiver wire opened the day after the draft, which is just stupid. But I mean, it's also stupid of me to not know that and look on what's going on. And I got to give you the credit. You know what's going on and you know the rules. So you're taking full advantage of it. That's, that's it's all strategy. So if you are mad at me, you're mad at the fact that. No, no. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the rules, and I'm mad at the commissioner. I'm explaining because I go through this with many, many friends who don't like playing games with me because I learn the rules. I figure out what the best strategy is and whether or not it's ethical or fair. I take advantage of the oh, rule. it's totally fair. It's just that I, I'm more mad at the rule than I'm mad at you. I'm, I'm happy for you that you took advantage. I'm jealous of you. I loved your strategy. So, so in our league – there's a rule where you can pick somebody up off the waiver wire and put them directly on your IR. Uh, and so as soon as the draft was over, we've got three spots this year. We usually only have one. I didn't even, I didn't even care to look to see who it was. If it was IR, I claimed him, And then I went back later and I, I, I saw who I picked and who did I get? I got uh, penny, the Seattle running back. Mm-hmm. I, I picked up, Armstead, the Jacksonville wide receiver, running back as well. Also, who's on, who's on COVID IR, so he's coming back sooner than anybody. So yeah, I just I did my due diligence of finding all the IR players that could fit into that slot without me dropping anybody. And lo and behold, J Mac wakes up two days later to find out there's been 80 moves on the waiver wire. Uh, well, it was mostly you and the commissioner, so. There you yep. go. There so you go. Goes. Well, I give you a lot of all the credit. I'm mad at myself for not being more aware of that. And I thought about it, but I was too lazy. But hey, you know, that's that's how you got to win. Uh, so just looking ahead now to the season that's coming up, specifically the first uh, week of the season. Uh, do you have any sit start debates, though, that you have already going on? You know, I've got a couple. I'm, I'm not worried about my quarterback. I'm going to start Josh Allen. Um, I'm kind of worried about Brita. I don't know mm-hmm. if I should put him in the flex or put Golden Tate there. Um, those are my qu- – A.J. Green could also be in that fl- – golly, can you hear me? A.J. Green could be my, like, last flex position. That's a, it's well done, well done. I don't have too many sit-start debates this week. Uh, going forward, I will have more once my running back situation starts to get thinner. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. But right now I have my starting crew and I'm, I'm ready to roll. So – uh, and any other, are you have any other waiver wire pickups you're eyeing up or got people that people, any players that people should just kind of maybe keep an eye out on, uh, that might actually be available. My thing is a backup quarterback right now, or also you're probably going to be looking at streaming defenses. So 
just look at the player the team matchups for the defenses if you're going to be streaming a defense uh, i assume that'll be your biggest uh look for right now same thing i have to also pick up a kicker I, i'm not worried too much about it any of the top three available kickers for me are pretty good i usually try to look for some guy in a dome uh yeah up. your kicker should be the atlanta kicker he's in a dome they're gonna yeah minnesota guy he's in a dome you know, Jacksonville could be okay just because they're probably not going to score a whole lot of touchdowns, but maybe could get down the field a little bit, but that'll be it. So that's a thought, Yeah, Dan but... Bailey is your Minnesota kicker. He's also yeah. a good kicker. Um, exactly. James Robinson is the waiver wire pickup of the week right now. Um, he went from being rostered in 0.5% of leagues to last night it was at 4.5% to now it's at 25%. So if you're looking to get a running back who could help you this week, maybe next week, James Robinson, I can't guarantee he's long-term, but for the next four weeks, possibly, he may be a good pickup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there you go. Those are some of the uh, waiver wire recommends that you should take a look at this week going into week one. Um, yeah, so we, we pretty much went over anything. Is there anything else you wanted to add in here, Alex, at the end? No, I think uh, I've got one more. I've got one more draft to do, and it's an auction draft, and that's, uh, that's going to be interesting. I feel like I'm going to – do some more psychological warfare there where I'm going to throw some flex positions out in like the third round just to see who bites. All right. Always keeping up with the trolling. That's Never it. stop, Alex. <laughs> Never stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll talk to you next week after the first week of football. Wow. It's, it's finally, finally here. We're breaking camp and week one is around the corner. So finally, and we can stop talking about projections and get uh, into actual stats. No which more will be speculation. Really, really I'm so excited for that, man. We should, we should have a live show on Thursday just to uh, start it off. Oh, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do some little live look-ins or we'll have some uh, live Instagram posts. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll try something. to think up something and we'll keep you updated. So, Alex, where can everybody check us out at? Uh, you can find us at Fantasy Football Wins on Instagram. There it is. And you can uh, email us any feedback at ffistrategy at gmail.com. Any questions you want to answer on the air, if you have any feedback, any thoughts on certain players that you, we think we should keep an eye out for, anything you want to send us, let us know. Uh, Alex, where can people check out your non-football-related stuff? You can find me on TikTok at Alex Laughs. There it is. Get them on the TikToks, man. Uh, you can catch me, Jay Stravs, on Twitter. All right, Alex, if there's nothing else, I will catch you next week, and good luck, man. That's it. Good luck. Later. Good show. All right, so that was our draft recap for the LA Locals League that Alex and I are in together. So we hope you get some insight just to how things went and what we're still outlook on some of the players that we have. Um, we are in other leagues too as well. We both had other drafts. Just overall, how 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 did those ones go? Were you happy with them or are those ones more frustrating? Did you not quite get the way you wanted to go? It's funny because of this league, uh, I'm usually so much more prepared for any other draft mm -hmm. after this league Absolutely. because I... we've got so many experts in this league. So many people read so many different articles from different sources. Nobody's reading the same article. So people seem to know or have their ear to the ground a little more in our league than any other league I've been in. Oh, yeah, that I, that's one of the 
the funniest parts of our league whenever somebody gets somebody drafted oh he's on the ir for five weeks or oh he's got a hammy pull oh he's sick oh yeah because he can't block he ain't making the field like all these little tidbits too that like are like oh then you're just like ah shit damn it why didn't i know that one of the funny things i did though is i went with your defensive strategy um, we were on a Zoom call, which definitely helps know what's going on in other people's heads. Like, oh, no, I don't need a quarterback yet. I've got somebody in mind. And, like, I'm sitting here on a Zoom call with you. So, like, I've already got Patrick Mahomes that I drafted in the second round, third round, excuse me. Uh, I was at the back end of the snake. I got Patrick Mahomes, and he's sitting here talking trash that he doesn't uh, have a quarterback yet and he doesn't need one. So, on my end of the snake, I went Drew Brees and then Cam Newton. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was Tyler, by the way. Uh, in, in another league? Yeah, it's oh. his league. And so we're on a Zoom call, and he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't need him. I've got who I want. It was Cam Newton, and I knew it was. And somebody had taken, like, rugs right before, so I couldn't take my Alabama guy. So I was just like, oh, well, I'll just take two quarterbacks that I don't need. See, because you didn't even need to hold them for the whole year. You just need to screw with him for like a week or two. Oh, or... he's so mad. Oh, that's great. See, that's re- and that's also another part of it that I did not play as well as my defensive game in in this uh, in the draft this year, which you have and in, in, in the past and given me that. So I gotta I gotta incorporate that more. So I think everybody should look out defensive strategy also while you're drafting, especially in those mid rounds. Is really where it's not just about making your team stronger; it's about making other people's teams weaker. So that's a that's a big tip of the week. I love that quote. That's a good quote. Uh, so, um, and, oh, and so basically did your strategy change at all in these other leagues after having our draft? Cause mine didn't really change. I pretty much stayed to the same strategy. The only thing, the thing that helped though, that did change was just who I drafted because I had a different spot at a later round spot, Yeah, but I kind of had a better feel for who was going to go when. So I was able to get more players that I wanted longer throughout the draft because I had a better feel for when somebody might get taken. Well, I've drafted ninth, ninth, and 12th, so my strategy has been extremely similar throughout, uh, so that's been unique. However, well, mine was too. In my other league, I drafted. I was in the 10th spot in a 10-team ten, ten yeah. league, and I got Hopkins in the 10th pick, and then I got Lamar Jackson, and then I got Mark Andrews, so I still had the same sure. top-tier you know, right, but they're different. They're different people. And that's what I was going to say is that was the thing I noticed myself doing is not putting all of my eggs into one player. Yeah. So like Todd Gurley would still be on the board. And I was just like, "Ah, I picked up Julio. I don't want to double up on Falcons. And I also don't want to draft him across the board. Yeah. So that that was one of those weird things, because I did do a couple more mock drafts, which I do feel helped me just at least be prepared to do the drafting itself outside of even just who gets drafted. Cause that's the thing you talked about it. It's not as good as our draft because our guys are better and people are just picking random people at times sometimes. Um, but this having the draft after our good draft, our LA locals draft, it, I almost am better. I wish I had a draft before our LA locals league, a real one so I could get a better feel and amped up for it. So I have to talk to some of my. Uh, That's an idea, though. Yeah, up. like get a couple people together and create like a fake mock that aren't in that league specifically, yeah. and but actually just draft, draft. As, as best you would, like yeah, you know, like create a mock draft between people you know who will actually draft correctly. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I have a balanced team on that other league. So we're.
And I assume you're probably feeling pretty good because your strategy stayed the same. And you know, now that we've talked about it and we've gotten to look at it as a as a big board, yeah, man, this this team looks real like. You know, like, I don't want to – there's a lot of veterans on here. That's all I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of veterans. High upside, I guess. Uh, you know where their ceiling is, at least. And if they can hit that, you're looking pretty. But also some veterans, that could mean injuries. That it is. But still, Joshua Kelly is the only rookie I've got on here. Yeah. Everybody else is a very established name, um, if not in their prime. 